0: Welcome to the Lifelinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Lifelinks Leadership Podcast, where we interview other leaders that are within our network and also outside our network about their leadership acumen. And today I'm doing the latter. I'm going to be talking with Dr. Steve Brown. He's the president of Arrow Leadership, and uh, he just wrote a a new book called Jesus Centered. We're going to talk about that. But before we do that, I just want to give a little background on Steve. Um, Steve uh, is a good friend, and I was able to be a part of the Arrow Leadership Program. I took the Executive Leadership Program back in 2008-2009, and also was a leadership partner with the Emerging Stream of Aero. So I've had some good involvement and learned a lot and been blessed by the Ministry of Aero Leadership. So I want to just welcome Dr. Steve Brown to our podcast today. It's great to have you, Steve. So good to be with you, Ian. Looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. It'll be fun to just uh, have a good uh, conversation. You know, uh, speaking of Steve and my experience with him, in my book, Life is a Highway, I actually share a story from the Barnabas Retreat Center, which is a real highlight. It was a highlight for me with my aero experience um, with some eagles and uh uh, waiting on the Lord and you do you remember that Steve? Yeah yeah what a special
1: thin place to connect with God and um, yeah the eagles flying by and and yeah I
0: love it. Yeah it was great so you that are wondering what they're talking about well you, you might have to read my book <laughs> little little shameless plug for my book and you can find out more about about that experience but anyway Steve today um, you as I said you serve as president of Arrow Leadership And it's a Christian ministry that develops Jesus-centered leaders. So why don't you tell us a bit about you, your journey, and the ministry of Arrow Leadership? Sure. Thanks so much, Ian. Um, Arrow
1: Leadership started 30 years ago. And Leighton Ford, a brother-in-law to Billy Graham, was the founder of Arrow. And he really sensed at 60 years old uh, that he'd spent so much time doing ministry He hadn't developed the next generation of leaders coming after him, and he sensed God calling him to step back from crusade ministry with the Billy Graham Association, which he'd done for decades, and to invest the rest of his life developing younger leaders, and through that, he started the Arrow Leadership Program, and the name Arrow comes from a passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 49, verse 2. The servant of the Lord is speaking and says, he polished me like an arrow. And concealed me in his quiver. So, this idea of God polishing and preparing his leaders for his purposes is where the arrow name comes from. And it's been going for 30 years. And the focus is Jesus centered leaders. And breaking that down, what we mean is leaders who are led more by Jesus, leaders who lead more like Jesus, and leaders who lead more to Jesus. So that led by, led more by, is having an intimate, deep relationship with Jesus, hearing his voice, uh, walking with him, obeying uh, in faith his call, leading more like Jesus is around character and competency, and then leading more to Jesus is around the outcome of our ministry, that leadership isn't an end in itself, but the, the end is really seeing more people hearing about, becoming aware of following after jesus so that's that's the arrow piece so 30 years uh that that's been going we're celebrating Amazing. god's faithfulness this
0: year Though so that statement that you made that was something that we heard about all through our arrow journey uh you know and that was kind of drummed into us in a good way it's all about jesus yeah. it's jesus centered and then just having those focus anyway sorry go ahead steve yeah no that's the heartbeat really i'm
1: glad you you, you remember it experienced it um because Often in, in uh, even Christian leadership experiences, Jesus can sometimes end up taking a back seat. And uh, we really want to keep Jesus at the center of what we're trying to do. And that was actually a big part of my own experience with Arrow as well, because I'd been uh, to seminary and I was uh, working with a church plant. And I recognized, you know, a few years into the church plant that there was a bunch of things I didn't know. And um, I think everyone else knew I didn't know a bunch of things, but it took me a couple of years to figure that out myself. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I grow? How do I learn? Because I've I've been to seminary. So what, what else is there? And I heard about the Air Leadership Program and it was really exactly what I needed because um, it created a safe space for me to ask questions and to really share what was going on deep in my heart in a safe way. Uh, but it wasn't soft. So that's one of the, the arrow, uh, focuses is, is safe, but not soft that we want it's to like sharpen like a, like iron sharpens iron. And as you uh, remember Ian, that leadership partner, that mentor that just walks alongside yes. and you, you have served in this role. You, you listen, you encourage you, uh, a sounding board, uh, a wise counselor, all those things, having somebody who is a little further along than me walk alongside me was just a gift. And then having um, not just spiritual formation, but leadership skills, and then evangelistic focus for me was just really help. uh wasn't just helpful, it was transformational for me. So that, uh, that was really what stirred me a couple years after to join the Arrow team. So I've been uh, Eighteen years now serving uh, with Arrow. Yeah, uh, older than some of the furniture uh, in, the, <laughs> in the building now. Uh, so the first first piece was as the program director, and then uh, the last decade or so as the president uh, for both Canada and the U.S.
0: Amazing! What a journey. Yeah, and I would just concur with you, having been part of Arrow myself, just that it is a transformative journey and uh, just the integration of everything you just mentioned and the and the flow of that throughout the uh, times together. Just just amazing. How would somebody in our network who said, hey, I'm really intrigued. I'd like to go to the next level in my leadership. How would they find out more about Arrow?
1: Yeah, go to arrowleadership.org. Uh, so arrowleadership.org is uh, one way. And we also have free resources. Um, so we won't spam you ever, but we'll give you free uh, resources regularly at sharpeningleaders.com. So you can subscribe there, sharpeningleaders.com.
0: Fantastic. That's great. And those are excellent resources. I'd encourage everyone to sign up for sure. So this book, Jesus Centered, and it's your second one, by the way, you wrote your first book, Leading Me in 2015, which is really helping leaders to, to deal with their own life and their own perspective and it's often said that leading yourself is the toughest part of leadership so thanks for writing a, a great book about that and this book Jesus Center just came out this year um, focusing on Jesus in a distracted world what what prompted you to write this
1: yeah the, the first book as you as you hit um, is about personal leadership so leading me um, it is really the hardest person I lead every day is myself. <laughs> no um, you know, I can complain about, you know, how my team is doing or how the organization is doing. And I've got challenges in both places, but I'm, I'm the hardest guy to lead every day. And um, uh, so that, that book's about that. And um, this book, Jesus Centered, really looks at the heartbeat of, of Jesus and the focus of Jesus. Hebrews 12 two, Um, keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We, um, before COVID, uh, there was this acronym, uh, VUCA, um, and VUCA stands for Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and Ambiguous, and in a sense, describing the environment is. of leadership, right? Yes. And then COVID hits, and you actually add an exponent to VUCA. Absolutely. Because way more volatile, way more uncertain, way more complex, uh, way more ambiguous. And in the midst of all that, um, where do our eyes focus? I mean, there, there are are wind and waves all over the place, there are circumstances that are daunting. Um, You know, there's, there's the direction of the culture, there's conflicts in our communities, unlike I've ever seen before there is you know complex issues Um, one pastor said to me you know I I was trained to focus on Sunday ministry and he said right now people expect me to be a climate change specialist a conflict mediator a sexual ethics advisor uh, a a race relations bridge builder and he just kind of kept going with this list and he said and Sunday's still coming no kidding right Yeah. So there's just this overwhelming, you know, uh, challenges and not only just outside us, but we also, all of us navigate life and have personal challenges. Um, So where do we focus? And uh, I wanted to call people back to focusing on Jesus, um, the author and perfecter of our faith, because sometimes uh, even in ministry, we can kind of think we're on the, the playing field and Jesus is on the sideline somewhere kind of cheering us on or, or yelling, yelling for more or better.
0: Like the coach um, in the stands. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he's distracted even we think and we're <laughs> yeah. out there on our own on the field, which is totally not the right picture because I'm not doing leadership for Jesus. I'm not serving for Jesus, I'm serving and doing leadership with Jesus.
0: Yeah, I love that. So good.
1: And it's a huge difference, right? Doing stuff for Jesus is pretty lonely. It's, it's pretty uncertain. Is he happy or is he not? Um, it's pretty, you know, I'm, you, you're never sure, have I done enough? That's right. Uh, yes. But with Jesus, that Jesus is with me today he's with me right now, that he cares about what, what I'm doing, what we're doing together, that's a game changer.
0: It is. No, it is indeed. And I think especially in the times we're in, in the COVID season, I think all of us at some point have felt a bit alone and a bit isolated. I've obviously, isolation has been part of it. And so, yeah, to have a sense that Jesus is actually with me. And, you know, your subtitle is Focusing on Jesus in a Distracted World. Why is it so easy to get distracted and to lose focus on Jesus and lose the reality that he's actually with us on the playing field?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, there are those, there's personal challenges. There's, there's the VUCA challenges. There's all these things that, you know, get our eyes going in different places. There's so much noise in the world and noise in us and around us that we can get distracted um, I think about Paul in Philippians, and I reread Philippians uh, this last year, and it continues to be one of my favorite letters from Paul. Paul is—he um, gets COVID. <laughs> he does. in a sense, because he's social distanced in prison. <laughs> That's right, and he's not being this itinerant minister out planting churches all over the place. He's—he's he's stuck in one place. So he's not doing all the things he kind of wants to do and feels called to do. He's not with all the people he wants to be with yet. He's filled with joy. And we probably all preached on the joy in in Philippians, you know, 14 or 15 times. I think Paul talks about joy and rejoicing and you go, what's Paul eating for breakfast? Because I want to eat some of that. Like, no kidding. I, I need what he's got and what's he got. And. And when we get to Philippians three, you you hear it clearly because he says, you know, I consider all this stuff, all my resume, all this stuff worthless compared to the surpassing greatness of of knowing Christ. And I want to know Christ, he says, even in his sufferings. So good. So when I go back to uh, Philippians, if I were to paraphrase a little bit, um, Paul would Paul's saying in a sense, it doesn't matter if I'm in prison because Jesus has got me and I've got Jesus. It doesn't matter that people are stirring up trouble for me because I've got Jesus and Jesus has got me. It doesn't matter whether I live or whether I die because I've got Jesus and Jesus has got me. It doesn't matter whether I'm in plenty or in want because I've got Jesus and Jesus has me. So
0: good. Yes.
1: And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I've found that sometimes as a leader, I've chased after five great ideas or three simple shortcuts. And I mean, me I want to be smart about, yeah, I want to be smart about, you know, doing stuff the best I can. And I can always learn more stuff. But the heartbeat is Jesus because there's yes. nobody like him, nobody better. Uh, John Stott um, uh, wrote this uh, little a uh, couple sentences that just overwhelmed me because he said, we talk about Napoleon, the great and Alexander, the great and Charles, the great, but not Jesus, the great. And he goes on and he says this, Jesus is not the great. Jesus is the only one wow. has no rival.
0: He has no successor. So amazing. So powerful. And I, I want to
1: just have a, a growing awe in me of Jesus.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: And one of the challenges of being in pastoral ministry and, and leadership is that sometimes that awe gets worn down or distracted. And if I have a growing awe of Jesus, then I'm going to be drawn to Jesus. And if I'm drawn to Jesus, I'm going to be transformed by Jesus. And if I'm transformed by Jesus, other people are going to go, huh, what's going on here? And be drawn to Jesus, too. So how can we get a fresh awe of Jesus is really the, the heartbeat behind the book.
0: So, so we lose focus often because we lose that awe. Like we get into the mundane of leadership. We get into the weeds, maybe our own personal relationship with Jesus wanes and we don't feel that same passion. What I'm sensing from you right now, if you, if listeners could see Steve, it's just coming out of Steve. It's oozing out of Steve. He's excited about his relationship with Jesus and helping others with that. And I think, I know in my own life, I've lost that at times. And that would be losing my Jesus focus. I would be more focused on trying to do all this than the person that I'm serving and walking with. So that's really powerful, Steve. I appreciate that. And you know, you use the term Jesus-centered and you use that instead of like a Jesus-first term. What would be the difference between Jesus-centered versus Jesus-first? Is there a difference between that?
1: Yeah, I was, I was discipled early on. Uh, God is first, family second, ministry yes. is third. And you kind of keep doing the list and somewhere, yes. you know, motorbikes and fly fishing shows up somewhere, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> somewhere further down the list. Right. And I think there is, there is some wisdom, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, Matthew six thirty three. 33. Um, so that's kind of, that is seeking first God. But what that can do is put God in a compartment mm. that actually, you know, keeps him in a sense separate from the other things. So God's in, in the first compartment and the second compartment is family and the third is ministry. And, you know, eventually we get yes. to motorcycles. <laughs> and I believe that God wants to be in the center of everything.
0: So good, Steve. I love it.
1: That he That he cares about everything, wants to be in the center of everything, that Instead of me trying to juggle, in a sense, all these different balls in which God is one ball and, and finance is another ball and family is another ball, uh, I'm try- if I'm trying to juggle all those things, I'm not going to do so well. And it keeps God separate from the other things. So a new kind of paradigm is just saying, you know, Jesus is in the center and the rest of my life is around him.
0: Mm, so good
1: and it takes some of the pressure off me trying to juggle and it also helps us to remember that Jesus cares about fly fishing and motorcycles Does. and family and amen finances. on the motorcycles yeah <laughs> I, that's why I'm yeah I know you know you love them so um, but Jesus in the center of things um, yes. as the primary person uh, who, who's intimately involved and, and interested in every part of our life.
0: No, I like so it's that. an
1: integrated, holistic kind of view of Jesus in
0: our lives. That is really good. Integrated, holistic point of view. So good. And, and as you break it out, the book, you know, you, you shared so articulately earlier about the three stages, as it were, of focusing on Jesus. The first is being led more by Jesus. And uh, maybe you could share with us What are some ways we can be led more by Jesus? What are some practical ways we can allow this to happen in our lives?
1: Yeah, I think having an awe of Jesus is really the starting point for being led by him. Because if I'm in awe of Jesus, I'm going to want to follow after him. And recognizing that we're followers first. So you might have a title, I might have a title. Uh, of leadership, a responsibility of being an overseer, whatever. But ultimately we're followers first.,
0: yeah, I like
1: and that. and growing that relationship of being with Jesus on this journey with Jesus, um, I think is is critical. And one of the the pieces is talking about God's love, Jesus's love for us. and, we're as ministry people, um, skilled at telling other people Jesus loves you, and we we tell people, we sing songs, and and we serve people in Jesus's loving name. Um, but sometimes we don't actually personally receive Jesus's love for us.
0: I would agree with that,
1: and that is. I mean, a huge missing piece. And when we don't have it there, we, we try and fill it up with other things. And it might be activity. It might be the applause of others. It might be, you know, lots of other things. We're, we're just trying to, to fill that hole that we talk about to other people. But sometimes we're doing it as leaders with ourselves. And I think about, um, you know, the great commandment, love the Lord your God, your heart, mind, soul, and strength that is predicated that doing command is predicated on knowing that he first loves us.
0: Yes. That's so good.
1: And um, how do we receive that, that we're pouring out so much for other, to other people so that the, so that the well doesn't run dry so that the, you know, the wellspring of God's love for us. Um, my, my, uh, grandmother, uh, had this thing with all her grandkids. Um, uh, I heard from her these words: uh, "Steve, you're my favorite, <laughs> and I don't want you to tell any of the other grandkids that."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I I, I uh, received that because um, you know why wouldn't I be her favorite, right? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't tell the cousins, and uh, she just kept telling me that, and. Grandma died. And <laughs> after, you know, the cousins were talking and somebody said, you know, I was grandma's favorite. <laughs> and then yeah. and the rest of us said almost all at once. No, you weren't. And then, you know, grandma told me that. No, grandma told me that. I, was <laughs> I love
0: favorite.
1: it. Yeah. And um, my sister got me a T-shirt and um, for my birthday. And that the T-shirt says, um, "Jesus loves you, but I'm His favorite."
0: <laughs> so good, I like it. And um,
1: I just love that because uh, to think that Jesus loves me seems some sometimes harder than thinking that Jesus loves
0: you. I get it. I know what you mean. Yeah.
1: And um, to think that Jesus looks at us, I think kind of like my grandma and goes, "Ian." You're my favorite.
0: I think I think you're right. I think that's the way he looks at each of us. I do. Yeah, Yeah.
1: which um, you know takes a little bit to actually receive that, and how can I nurture that? Um, And I think there, you know, there's spiritual disciplines. Um, I've had a a spiritual mentor, a spiritual director, who's helped me really to go deeper. Uh, I was really a thinking guy about faith. And I recognized I needed to have a a heart connection with Jesus, not just a head connection with Jesus. And that's been a journey that I'm still on, but it's a, I think a transformative journey.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and having served, you know, or been part of Arrow and, and senior leadership, Steve, it's really clear that you've really developed that. And, uh, you're one of the smartest people I know, one of the wisest in many ways, but also you're, you do have a genuine love for Jesus and it, it shines through. Um, you know, you talk about being led more by Jesus and then the second part of the book, you focus on living and leading more like Jesus. So first part, be led more by, by Jesus and then we live and we lead like Jesus. So on a very practical level, what are some of the keys to living and leading more like Jesus. He is our greatest example. How do we follow that? Yeah, when I think about Jesus, every room he ever went
1: into, he was the smartest man in the room, (laughs) the holiest man in the room, and the most powerful man in the room. Wow. Every single room he ever went into. And you and I have probably been in rooms where there were really smart people in the room who wanted us to know that they were the smartest person in the room. Yes. Or people who were powerful people who wanted us to know that they were the most powerful person in the room. Jesus just comes at it in a, you know, upside down way in the sense of he's the most, uh, he's the smartest man in the room yet. He's willing to listen to you and me. Uh, He's the most holy man in the room yet he's has grace for others he's the most powerful man in the room but he gets down on his knees with a towel in hand and serves
0: what an example
1: yeah crazy countercultural. you know so when I think about living and leading more like Jesus um, some of it is uh, a mental part of it that how do I cultivate the mind of Christ. Mm, so cool. Um, and a lot of us, I at least have a lot of thoughts that kind of bounce around in my head, like a ping pong ball. And a lot of those thoughts are not positive thoughts. A lot of them can be negative thoughts or darker thoughts. And it, we need to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Mm. Um, one of the ones for, um, a lot of ministry leaders that seems to resonate are what I call the nobody lies. And the nobody lies are these. Uh, nobody understands. Nobody cares. Nobody can help. <laughs> so and I don't know good. if you've ever been there at oh, all I've with been any there. of those. <laughs> I've yeah, been there. <laughs> I've been there too. And if you let any of those thoughts take hold, You know, ugly stuff grows. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to, in a sense, take those thoughts captive and and remember, you know, I am uh, not alone. Uh, Jesus is with me. He's my greatest cheerleader today. Um, uh, He understands. He cares. And he can help. And so that's one piece is just our minds. Um, Another would be around... Um, how we develop other people. So, part of Jesus' leadership was multiplication and development. Um, he, with three years on the clock, chose to spend the majority of his time pouring into 3, 12, and 72.
0: Amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, empowering, teaching, uh, giving away authority that it might multiply beyond him. And um, you know, for me, sometimes I can get so busy doing the ministry that I that I neglect developing those around me.
0: That's good. Steve. And um, That's right. all
1: of us have that yes. challenge, I think. But Jesus calls us back to um, developing others. Um, I think about holiness. Um, holiness. Sometimes uh, I I don't hear the word a lot actually anymore. It it's maybe true. it's like. It's like this old fashioned word (laughs) or, you know, the party pooper kind of word, but we're called to holiness and that through holiness, others will see the Lord. Absolutely. And um, again, for me, uh, you know, what is it in my life that is holding me back? And sometimes it's sin. uh, Sometimes it's things I'm, I'm flirting with, Mm. And playing with that I shouldn't be. Yeah, that's right. And um, with Jesus, uh, he calls us to, you know, Hebrews 12, um, throw off. Throw that stuff off. That's right. Because it tangles us up and it holds us back as we try and run the race marked out for us with perseverance. So those are just a couple of ways around living and leading more like Jesus.
0: No, that's so good. Just even that awareness, too. Um, of how he would have led and how he multiplied in others, that selflessness. And again, going back to your original point, though, if we try to be that selfless and humble and holy without actually knowing Jesus, we can't be like Jesus. So again, it all goes back to, to knowing him, which I appreciate. And then the final section of the book, you talk about leading more to Jesus, which is more the evangelism, the outward focus. And so, you know, how can we Help break down barriers and build bridges so more people connect with Jesus. How can we be those agents that are making that happen?
1: Yeah, I um, one one way um, that I see in Jesus's life is that he saw people
0: Ah, oh, so good.
1: Yeah, like Zacchaeus up in the tree. There's crowds all around Jesus, but he Love sees Zacchaeus. And um, I found that sometimes too often. I miss seeing people. Mm. And I remember uh, a breakfast you and I had with some of your um, association in Calgary a couple years ago, I was doing a world vision speaking thing across Canada. That's right. And I remember we did breakfast together and I loved meeting some of your colleagues. And I went and did my, uh, my talk with pastors from Calgary area in the ballroom of this hotel. And this was like, There were 10 events across the country, and only one had um, the event in a hotel. The rest were held in churches. I didn't know that. Yeah, somehow something happened in Calgary where no churches were available, so they got this hotel. We did breakfast there, and um, I'm doing my thing, and there's this disruption at the back of the room toward the end of my talks. And I just kept going, couldn't see really what was going on. And then afterwards, a lady from World Vision came up and said, I'm sorry about the disruption, the noise at the back. Uh, can I tell you what happened? Mm. And I said, sure. And she said, do you remember the servers that were coming in and out of the, the room, filling up coffee and and that kind of thing? And I paused because I had no memory of those oh, people coming in and out. Wow. I That's- was focused. So- Focused on the Christian pastors in the room and doing my thing.
0: (laughs) I couldn't even see those people. I think most of us would have been there, Steve.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So this World Vision lady says, well, one of those servers that you didn't see, she didn't say it like that. (laughs) But she uh, heard what you were talking about, about Jesus. And she came out into the hallway and started to ask me what was going on and who this Jesus was. And she said, in the hallway, we began this beautiful conversation. And at the end of the conversation, this server from the Coast Hotel gave her life to Jesus. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. And then she goes, the World Vision Lady goes, I went into the ballroom because there's a bunch of boxes of Bibles that we were giving away to pastors. And she goes, "I, I wanted to get a Bible for this new believer. So she went and made a bit of noise to get the Bible. And um, she goes, that was what was going on. And I was over the moon excited because I was like, so we've got a God who I think heard somebody's prayers about this lady. And God, I think, might have arranged, how could I get the gospel to this woman who works at the Coast Hotel? Well, I'm actually going to bring this group there.
0: So and, good. Um,
1: she's on her shift and she's going to hear it. And then I'm going to have this amazing wow. volunteer in the lobby. Who's going to tell her more. <laughs> and I'm going to do it all the while that the guy who's talking about Jesus has no idea that this is going on. It's amazing. Steve. Beautiful. At the same time, it was convicting mm. because I would just like, I'm so focused on these Christians <laughs> who are beautiful, wonderful people that I don't even see people who aren't. And, um, you know, that's not a one-time lesson for me. I'm, I'm a slow learner. So I'm, 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 but I'm more aware trying to, trying to see who Jesus sees right now. So that's a a big one. Um, another one I'd put out there is prayer. Um, I want to, um, be praying for revival in the church mm. and spiritual awakening in our countries.
0: So good, Steve. I'm with you on that.
1: And and again, it kind of might sound old-fashioned, like revival. Um, but uh, I think it, it's it's rooted in prayer. Yes, it is. And we might not even see it in our lifetime, but in a sense, we're we're part of that journey if we're praying and mobilizing others to pray. And I, I think a lot of our prayers, a lot of my prayers have been prayers about my comfort and my safety. Hmm. And God, God, the Psalms is full of protect me prayers. Sure. But um, yeah, I was asked this question. If all the people you prayed for last week to come to Christ <laughs> actually came to Christ this week, how many people would have come to Christ? Oh, that's powerful, Steve. And when I was asked that question and I go, well, how many people did I pray for to come to Christ last week? And I was convicted. It might be a goose egg. It might be a zero. <laughs> wow. So I go, I don't think anybody would have come to Christ this week based on my prayers from Boy, last that's week.
0: That's a good challenge. Yeah.
1: So how can we be praying, trusting God, wrestling in the spiritual realm, um, without necessarily seeing the results and how can we be faithful to that? Um, that's something I want to have be part of more, more part of my life.
0: Wow. I really, I really appreciate that, Steve. And I know you and I've talked about that before. And I think I agree with you. I think we need an awakening in our nation and we need revival. And, and if we look through history, we see key moments where God came and he, he did that. And I think like you do, we're, we're ready. We're ripe for that. Again, we need that. We're not winning in this culture. We need the power of God to bring people to himself. And I also really like that aspect of seeing people. And I think that's something all of us can do. And it's almost like saying God, and I know in my own life, it's like, Lord, slow me down enough in my daily walk, that I notice the people around me, I'm not just so focused on my goals, and what I'm trying to do, I, I slow down. And I think going back to your original point, that only happens when I'm with Jesus, and he helps me <laughs> cause my spirit helps me to focus on what's ahead of me. And then he speaks to me and shows me who's on his heart. So that's so good Steve. Thank you so much. What just as a final kind of question then I want to have you pray for us. We always have our guests pray for our network and just just pray for us. And uh, what do you hope people who read Jesus Centered will take away? Obviously there's a lot of things they could take away, but in the end when they kind of close the book and they move on in a sense, what what would you want them to take away? I I'd, I'd love for
1: people to have a fresh awe of Jesus and to have some practical next steps to continue to nurture that relationship with Jesus. So it's not just a book for leaders. It's a book that could work with small groups. Um, You could do it with your leadership team or your board. Um, And uh, in a sense, three strategic conversations. How could we be led more by Jesus? How could we lead more like Jesus? And how could we lead more to Jesus? We've been talking about, you know, in Canada, at least, about masks and and, and hand sanitizer for months now. We've had to, but <laughs> I'd love us to get to more strategic conversations, and those are three strategic
0: conversations. So good. Yes. In other words, the book would just get us going on the yeah, conversations. Exactly. <laughs> and apply really it to good. your context. It's super good. And last question before you pray, where can people get a copy of Jesus Centered?
1: Yeah. In uh, Canada, you can go to arrowleadership.org. Um, if you're in Canada or anywhere else, you can always uh, go to Amazon, a um, little, little online store, <laughs> and, um, and, and they'll hook you up either with the paper copy, a Kindle version, or an audio version.
0: Fantastic. It's great. I hope people all get a copy of it. And um, I think we'll all be the better for it. Um, thanks again, Steve, for investing in us and spending time today. And I wonder, yes, if you would just uh, just take a moment and pray for LifeLinks International Network of churches that um, God would, that these things you're talking about would be seen in us as leaders.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Jean, for this time. Um, and uh, let me pray. Lord, um, we just thank you for Jesus, um, the author and perfecter of our faith. Stir in us, Lord, a bigger, fuller, clearer awe of Jesus. Lord, may that um, overwhelm us. May that transform us. May that draw others closer to you as they see change in our life and in our congregations. Lord, I pray um, for each of the leaders here. Uh, Lord, that they would know that Jesus walks with them today, whenever they face. Uh, Lord, I pray for um, uh, that focus on Jesus, that it would, all of us would keep our eyes in the midst of the wind and the waves, the culture, the complexities, we keep our eyes focused on you. And Lord, I pray that we would not grow weary or lose heart. Yes. Um, so Lord, I pray for uh, tired and weary pastors, Lord, that you would restore them. Give them help and hope today. Remind them that they are not alone, that you walk with them, that there's a network that walks with them, that there are friends and colleagues that walk with them. Protect, Lord, I pray, and we pray for revival in churches, and Lord, we pray for spiritual awakening
0: in our land.
1: Thank you, Lord, that you are at work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. I agree with that prayer. Thanks again so much, Steve. What a, what a wonderful interview. I'm I'm stirred. I'm all fired up here uh, by you and by just what's coming from your heart. And uh, for, our, for our listeners, I want to thank you for joining in today. And if you like this podcast, I want to encourage you to share it. Share it on social media. Let other people know because this is good stuff that Steve has shared today. And if you want to be aware of our podcast on an ongoing base, basis, just subscribe wherever you receive it. And um, we'll, you'll be getting a notification when the next one comes out. So thanks again, Steve. God bless you. I pray that this next ministry season for you is uh, very fruitful. And uh, we'll stay in touch. And uh, we appreciate you as a network. And thanks again to all our listeners. Lord bless you. And we'll be back again soon with another podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Lifelinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at